Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, the sermon audio from Word of Life Church in Lesseur, Minnesota. Thank you for listening, and may you be blessed by this word of grace for you today. Ready? (laughs) Good morning, Word of Life Church. (laughs) Thank you. If uh, we got a few friends who are still walking in, and uh, and if you say to yourself, "Oh, hey, it is actually live on site," if you live in Lesur, you could probably still make it. but we're, we're really excited about getting to be uh, live on-site and online uh, at 10 o'clock today. And we had, a, we, had a, we had a good worship service at 9 a.m. We're thankful that everybody's kind of been spreading themselves out between the services. So we're really just excited to be worshiping together. We're excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. And, uh, and a big, huge thank you to you for, for being here to worship with us. Uh, let's see. Youth group is coming. That's right. On Wednesday, July 1st, teen Bible study. It's going to be every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And that includes incoming sixth graders. So if you are going into sixth grade, 
you are welcome at, uh, at Teen Bible Study. If you're in, yeah, I know, isn't it awesome? I know, youth group. And we're going to do Bible study uh, with, with all of our teens from incoming into six all the way through seniors. And so uh, we really, uh, really just looking forward to, to getting to do some youth group. Uh, just in case you didn't meet him on the way in, that's Nick Olson. And, uh, and we're really excited to have him on staff. And he's going to be leading the Bible study um, and, and kicking some things off. We've got camp in a box. If you or somebody you know is super bummed because you can't go to Inspiration Point or you can't go to camp or you can't go to, you know, we're not even able to have day camp here, don't worry. Inspiration Point has camp in a box coming out soon. And, uh, and if you look for inf- more information on that, you can go to ipoint.org and it'll give you a little, a little more info on the camp in a box. We are going to continue to worship um, online. We're going to be worshiping on-site on Sundays at 9 and 10 a.m., and we're still looking for some help. And so um, look, talking to everybody, whether you're here or whether you're online, hey, we need help. We need help on our tech team, Pat. Huge thank you to Pat who for manning the cameras so that Jeff can take a week off. Jeff is on family vacation. Have a great time, Jeff. And uh, and big huge thanks to Pat. We're still looking for a few more people who are willing to just kind of kind of slide in, help out with some of the filming and some of the technical stuff. We're also looking for a little more help on our clean team. That's you know everything gets wiped down and sprayed down you know before and after you know each service. And so if you're interested in being a part of the clean team, uh, please uh, please contact Sue and uh, and she'll get you all signed up. And next week we're beginning. Our, um, our new series on uh, Summer in the Psalms. And so we're going to be spending uh, some good time preaching through Summer in the Psalms. And if you're looking for like a, a book to read as we're going through, uh, the Sinner Saint devotional is 60 days in the Psalms. We're not preaching on every single one, but it's a really neat time during the summer to just kind of sit in the Psalms, worship the Lord in the Psalms, as well as crying out to him. And so we're going to spend some time in the Psalms this summer, and you can get that at shop.1517.org. And if you need a link, there's a link on our uh, resources page, and, uh, and you can go straight to our website, and you, you can go to the resources page, and you can get there. And then as for giving, um, you, you know that we, we're, a, we're not passing the plates or anything like that. You can either give on the way in or on the way out. And of course, we would encourage you uh, to, to give online, uh, is, you know, and that's a, that's a neat opportunity and uh, really, really helps the church. It's, it's been awesome. All right. I cruise through all of the announcements. Are you ready to worship? All right. We stand with us and let's hear our call to worship. Our call to worship comes from 2 Samuel today. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. Today, we are worshiping together the God who saves, the God who delivers. As we, as we dig into this uh, and wrap up our section on, on the Lord's Prayer, we get to talk about temptation. I know you guys are so excited. Hey, let's go to church. Let's worship in person, on site. And Pastor Jay is going to talk about Temptation? Yes, we're going to talk about temptation. We all get tempted. We're also going to talk about deliverance, that God provides a way of salvation. So let's worship the Lord together today. Good morning, everyone. We are so excited to be here on site. Um, Shout out to the people online. Thank you for joining us there as well. Um, Let's worship the Lord together.
right now to the sound of your name. Jesus, there is none more beautiful than Jesus. There is none more powerful the risen Christ. Lifted high, Jesus, now be glorified. Center my life on your name.
Forgive us our debts, as we also have, forgive also have forgiven our and debts. Lead us not and lead us temptation. not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom, power, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen. 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 Today we are wrapping up our series on, on the Lord's Prayer as, as Jesus has been training us in prayer uh, through through the Lord's prayer, and uh, like I said earlier, we're gonna we're gonna talk about temptation, <laughs> exactly what everybody likes to talk about. Uh, but the truth is, whether we like to talk about it or not, every single one of us faces temptation, and more than we're maybe even aware of, our temptations are pretty similar. I mean, we may not all have the exact same temptation at the exact same time, but we all face temptation. And so as as I was thinking about how to introduce a message on temptation, I thought about maybe listing off a, a, just reading off a list of temptations and having everybody raise their hands. I thought maybe that would be actually tempting you to, that would create maybe more temptation than not listing it off. So I thought that's a bad idea. Uh, I, I, you know, even just going through and reading the list of, uh, of temptations that are, are, are in the scriptures seems also like a really risky business. And so I decided not to do that. Um, I started thinking about some other ways in which we could do it. So I, I decided to, uh, to take a risk and uh, I googled temptation. You might not want to do that. Now, I will say that that Google's definition of temptation was absolutely fabulous. Google defines temptation as the desire to do something, especially something wrong. Temptation, the desire to do something, especially something wrong. That's temptation. Now, after that, Google really fell off the cliff, Uh, so... I would not recommend, you know, scrolling down the page unless you are really interested in South Korean drama series. There's a 2014 South Korean uh, drama TV show called Temptation. Who knew? I also don't understand Korean, so that didn't work out for me. Uh, After that, um, I would strongly recommend not clicking the images tab. (laughs) Bad idea. Okay, although I will also say I was kind of encouraged that all of the initial um, images were all based on Adam and Eve. So at least Google also agrees that if you want to know about temptation, 
You, you look right at Adam and Eve because they seem to, you know, define it. I do have one little bone to pick, uh, and that is um, it's probably not an apple, okay? We don't know what the fruit looked like that, uh, that, that Eve was tempted and Adam ate. And, you know, we don't, we, don't know, we don't know anything about it other than it was on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what's in the scriptures. That's what we know. It was probably not an apple. I eat apples all the time, and I don't feel like I know anything more about good and evil now than before I ate my apple. Yeah, I have an apple in my office right now, <laughs> you know. But so I don't think it's an apple. I think the apple gets a bad rap. Um, so feel free to eat your apple. That's totally okay. Um, and so let's check out Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 9. Reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. And that's exactly where the Lord's Prayer comes from, right from Scripture. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then the prayer commonly uh, concludes with, for thine is the power and the, you know, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, we are not going to do a whole sermon on that phrase. Uh, that phrase is actually not in the Bible. You'll notice it right there. Um, it was kind of snuck in on an old manuscript in Latin, uh, but when they did some research and things like that, they realized, hey, that's, that's not in the Bible. So I'm not going to preach an entire sermon on the ending phrase uh, of the Lord's Prayer. I can tell you it may not be in the Bible when the Lord gives us his prayer, but it is consistent with Scripture. So it's not like I'm going to tell everybody to stop praying that part. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm not going to do a whole sermon on it. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And, uh, and that is, it's consistent with Scripture, but it's not, not, uh, not in the verses in Matthew or in Luke. Um, and so when we read the section that we are you know, focusing on today, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, my preferred translation, uh, as, you, as you look at it, is may we not be led into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Um, I think that's actually the the most literal way of translating it. And so when we are saying, uh, may we not be led into temptation or lead us into temptation, we are not claiming that God tempts us. Uh, it's extremely clear in James chapter 1 that God's not the one who's tempting us. Uh, James 1, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, brings forth death. God's not the one who's tempting you. Okay? And that's not what we're praying in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not in temptation. We're not saying, hey, dear God, please don't lead us into temptation. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, dear God, may we not be led in temptation. The, the word there be, of being led is actually in the subjunctive, which means that there is a possibility of, of that happening, but we don't want that to happen. So, I don't want to be led into temptation. Guess what? You don't want to be led into temptation. So, dear God, please deliver us, is, is, is the emphasis of the prayer. And so, when we look at it, you could, at the end of that phrase, um, you could translate it, deliver us from the evil one. I don't like doing that because I don't like giving Satan any credit. I don't like Satan, and I really don't like talking about him. So, I don't talk about him very often. I will today, just because I think it's, it's germane to the text, it's part of what we're going through and so, Satan is not God's counterpart. Satan is not God's nemesis. He is not like his co-equal. This is not like a yin-yang thing where like, you know, like you got all-powerful God and all-powerful evil being Satan. No. Satan's a poser. He's just another creature. He was a created angel. And he's an arrogant God wannabe. 
Satan is an arrogant God wannabe. And his primary power is not authority, but deception. That's the only thing he's good at, is fooling people. And as a matter of fact, he's, he's, he's been fooling people since the very beginning. That's exactly what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. He just got deceived. He's a liar and he's a cheat. And he will never give you what you want. Not the way you want it. And so when we talk about uh, being led into temptation, traditionally the church refers to a believer's three enemies uh, or, or three sources of, of evil or three sources of sin, the world, the flesh, and the evil one. The world, okay? Uh, ever, ever since Adam and Eve uh, sinned, sin has been permeating this perfect planet that God made. God made everything perfect. Everything perfect. Sin enters the world and it starts having an impact. It really does. And, um, and so there is sin in the world. And you don't have to go any further than your garden or Kohler's farm. And apparently, I, you know, you know I, I will give you an invitation. Kohler's have a, have a few people that they pay, you know, a couple of dollars to. I don't know if they pay you. But if you want to learn about sin in the world, go to Kohler's farm. It's an organic farm, okay? So they're not spraying the weeds or anything like that. But what they are doing is you get to walk up and down rows of corn. You get to. So awesome. And pick weeds all day long. Yes. You want to give it a try? It's super fun. You will learn all about sin in the world. You know why? Because every single one of those weeds is an evidence of sin infecting God's perfect creation. Those weeds aren't supposed to be there. Go ahead. Ask Kohler's. <laughs> they plan spin plan plenty of time just trying to get all of those weeds out. They got this, like, I don't know, weed rake thing that they <laughs> drive through the fields on. I'm sure it's got a fancy, like, farming name that I don't remember that Chris told me. Um, <laughs> but you could, you know, walk through the fields, pick weeds, and say, sin in the world, sin in the world, sin in the world, sin in the world. All day long, sin in the world, sin in the world. Three sources of sin, three sources of evil, Three enemies for the believer. Sin in the world. Sinful flesh. Everybody's got it. It's a part of us. It's not necessarily your bodies, but the Apostle Paul really looked upon his, the sinful part of his being and he nicknamed it the flesh. The flesh. God's desire is that you would be perfect. But we've all been infected by sin, and it impacts our very being, and that's the flesh. And I'll tell you what, I don't need to blame anybody for my sin. I don't need to say, the devil made me do it. I don't need to blame God and say, God, you know, led me into temptation. I don't even need to blame you, because my sin, my flesh, does a great job all on its own, of dragging me off into temptation. That's it. Sin within us, you know, it, it's birthed in our desires. You know, temptation is, you know, wanting to do something, especially something bad. Well, your flesh does that all on its own. Third source is the evil one, Satan, who is not all-powerful. He is not omnipresent. He is not all, you know, so he's not, he's only in one location at one time. He's a limited being and he's just a God poser. So I have news for you. Don't say the devil made me do it because as awesome and as important as you are, I do not think that Satan's plan to take down the planet is to tempt Pastor Jay. The devil isn't knocking on my door saying, oh, if I just knock out Pastor Jay, the whole thing's going to come crumbling down. No, 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 no. Satan's plan of taking over the world doesn't start here. Oh, and by the way, it doesn't start with you either. We're just not that important. Matter of fact, I don't think, I'm sorry, screw tape letters and C.S. Lewis, I don't think I even have my own personal demon. 
I don't need Satan to tempt me. I don't need a demon to tempt me. I got enough temptation all on my own, just from the flesh. I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody else's help. And so when we look at temptation and the three sources, the world, the flesh, and the evil one, they're all working to do the exact same thing to drag us into sin. To do that something that, that just satisfies ourselves, our own desires. Let's check out 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. That's what I was talking about. They're just saying, look, I don't need to list off all the temptations for you. They're the same ones that your neighbor has. You want to figure out if you have a temptation? Go ahead. Talk to the person next to you. They probably do too. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We're all going to be tempted. They're common temptations. But God's there. And God is with you. If you're a follower in Jesus Christ, He's walking with you, and he is faithful. He keeps his promises that he will be with you, and he does provide a way out. He is the deliverer. We, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer that we may not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Jesus himself is making a promise that Jesus will be there to deliver you, to provide that way out. You do not have to sin. Will you be tempted? Yes. You do not have to give in to that temptation. You do not have to sin. God is providing a way out. Let's check out Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore he, talking about Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation, that's sin payment, uh, for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And so we get to see that, that Jesus was tempted. He's the son of man and the son of God. He faced every temptation that we face. As a matter of fact, he faced some temptations that I don't think are going to be, that I'm going to be facing anytime soon. So, we learn a ton about a way out of temptation and deliverance by checking out how Jesus faced temptation. If you have your Bibles, you know, if it's on, on your phone or if it's on your, your iPad or you just want to watch, you know, right up here, we're going to check out Matthew chapter 4 and we get to see what happens when Jesus is facing temptation one time. I don't think this is the only time he faced temptation, that's for sure, but this is the one that's recorded for us. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No kidding! Me too! And the tempter came and said, said to him, If you are the Son of God... Command these storms to become loaves of bread. Well, that makes sense. Be hungry. Want to eat some bread? But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him, that's uh, Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, 
And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. We get to learn a ton about temptation and deliverance by witnessing how Jesus handled temptation. So we see Jesus going uh, into the wilderness, led by the Spirit, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what the deal is, but he was definitely fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights, and he was, and was focusing on his relationship with God the Father, and, and, and it's, during, it's after that that he is tempted. Satan knows exactly when to tempt Jesus. Jesus is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. So that Son of Man part of Jesus, hungry. He hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. No kidding, he's hungry. So what's so wrong about having a little bread? I love bread. I'm going to go home and eat some bread today. I'm going to go home and I'm going to, it's Sunday, so you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a sandwich and I'm going to have a nap. That's exactly what it's going to So what's so wrong with having a little bread? Well, the problem isn't the bread. That's not the temptation part. Although, man, the smell of fresh baked bread does tempt me to gluttony. I'll admit it. That's a confession. The temptation is not the bread. The temptation is to satisfy self rather than obey God. The temptation is to satisfy self rather than obey God. We consider the source of where the temptation is coming. The temptation is coming from Satan to Jesus. And Jesus says, look, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God. That's his true life. So Satan seeks to tempt his flesh part of himself, his hunger, his humanity. And Jesus answers with Scripture. He answers with an answer straight from God's Word, straight from the Bible. And that's an example for us, that as, as we are tempted to satisfy our own desires, we look to the Lord. And what does the Lord desire? The next temptation one finds Jesus up on the, the pinnacle of the temple. And this is, this is the temptation of identity. This is the temptation to show off. Come on, Jesus. I take you up to the temple. There's always crowds of people around the temple. Throw yourself off. The angels will swoop in and they'll rescue you. And everybody will see that you're the son of God. And they're going oh, to think it's oh, awesome. But Jesus says no. He quotes again from Scripture, shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He doesn't need to test God and his relationship with God. Our identity is found in Christ. If you are you know, saved by grace through faith, if you're believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your identity rests in Christ. You don't need to do something showy to show off to prove to everybody who your identity is with. And neither does Jesus. Jesus doesn't need to throw himself off the temple. Jesus doesn't need angels to come and rescue him so he doesn't, you know, nick his toe on the rock. Jesus knows exactly who he is, that he's the son of man and the son of God. The, the, the context for the, for the temptation comes right after the baptism. And in the baptism of Jesus Christ, as Jesus is being baptized and he comes out of the water, he, the, God the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's like the heavenly father is in the stands and sees his son being baptized and he says, that's my boy! I love that guy! I'm so happy! He makes me happy! I'm so proud of him! And when we're adopted into God's family by grace through faith, when we're believing in Jesus Christ and adopted into his family, he makes us his children. And that means that God looks at you too and me too. And when he sees us, he says, I love you. You're my kid. Oh, man, you make me so happy. I'm so proud of you. That's the context for our identity. That's, it's in relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't need to throw himself off a temple, put on some big show just to prove that he's God's son. He knows because God said so. And you don't need to get showy with your temptation either. 
You are God's child, not because of some performance, because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. He adopts you into his family. You are loved. The last temptation of Jesus, Satan takes him up onto this high mountain and he shows him all of the kingdoms of the entire world. And because Satan is, part of his deception is, that, he, and one of his nicknames is that he's the prince of the power of the earth or the prince of the power of the world. And so, you know, as this kind of show-offy God wannabe, Satan takes Jesus and whisks him off to this mountain and says, I could show you all of this. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And he says, I will give you all of this if you'll just bow down and worship me. So Satan tempts him with a shortcut. A shortcut to glory that will avoid all of the suffering and pain of the cross. A shortcut to to ditch around the crucifixion. A shortcut to disregard and kind of shortcut right around all the disrespect, all the yelling, all the spitting, all of the nakedness and all of the shame. Tempting Jesus to ditch God's plan of salvation and just shortcut around it to get some version of glory. This is the proof that Satan is just a God, an arrogant God wannabe. An arrogant God wannabe. Worship me? Kneel to me? No. Jesus does not shortcut God's plan of salvation. Jesus loves us enough to go through God's plan of salvation. Jesus loves the Father enough to go through God's plan of salvation that does include his suffering and death for us, to take the sins of the world on himself so that we might be forgiven. No shortcut. And Jesus obeys God's plan of salvation. And then he tells Satan to get out of here. And the angels end up coming and ministering to him anyways. They come to minister to him anyways. He didn't need to throw himself off a temple. God knows what he needs. God ministers to him in his need. God knows what you need too. You are loved. Our identity is found in Christ and what he's done for us. God knows what you need. That's why he teaches us to pray this daily prayer for our daily bread. And God knows that you're going to face temptation. I face temptation. You face temptation. We might as well just be honest and open about it. We're all being tempted. But we do not have to give in to that temptation There is a way out. There is a deliverance. Let's check out 1 Corinthians one more time. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. I get it. You're tempted. I'm tempted. One of Satan, who his only power is deception. One of his big deceptions is to make you believe that you're all alone. You are not alone. And if you're facing a temptation, you're not the only one who's facing it. And if you need somebody to walk with you through that, A, Jesus will be with you every step of the way. B, contact us. Contact me. And we will connect you with somebody who will walk with you in the midst of that temptation. You do not have to sin. And by the way, it's not just you. If you're being tempted, I promise you, someone else in this church is also being tempted in the same way. You're not alone. We're in this together. We pray the Lord's Prayer together. It is a church daily prayer because we are in this together. God is faithful. God loves you. God keeps his promises. He is faithful to keep his promises. 
He knows that you face temptation and he knows that you will fail and you will sin. But God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians chapter 2. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. This is where I'm supposed to say that God will not give you more than you can bear. That doesn't say that. It says God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. God will provide a way out. You are no temptation is too great for you because God is with you. And we've got a church together with you. You're not alone. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. There is a way out of temptation. You do not have to sin. You can endure it. I want you to trust and believe that God is faithful, that he loves you, that as he looks at you... By grace, through faith, he's seeing you in Christ. And because of your identity being in Christ, he looks at you and says, that's my kid. I love you. So happy with you. And he knows you're going to face temptation, but he also provides the way out, the way of deliverance. Will you be tempted? Yes. Things of this world will tempt you. Your flesh does a great job of tempting you. And if by some means, you know, you rise to a level of greatness that even Satan himself decides that he wants to pick on you, there will be a way out. God is faithful. He's walking with you every step of the way. And when we do sin, when we do fall to that temptation, God is still faithful to forgive us our sins. You do not have to sin. You do not have to give in to temptation. God is providing an escape, a deliverance. And it's found in his son, Jesus Christ. And he's walking with you every step of the way. Let's pray. Oh God and Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you and praise you for who you are and what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for not giving in to temptation, but knowing exactly who you are and obeying God's plan of salvation. You died on the cross for us so that we might be forgiven. Lord, give us the faith to believe, the grace to receive. Lord, we know that we are tempted every day, and so we pray this prayer every day. Lord, teach us to continue to continue to teach us to pray, Lord, that as we face these temptations, we will never feel stuck. We do not have to sin. We trust you, Lord, that there is a way out, that there is an escape, because you are our deliverer. It's in your name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Heart is fine, it's true.
bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and lift up his countenance upon you. May he look right at you and remind you that you are loved. Go in peace. Uh, we're going to dismiss a little bit. If you are on the clean team, please see uh, Nick and... Uh, and Thank you for being here. We had so much fun getting to worship on site and in person and, uh, and online. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We love getting to worship with you. Great seeing you. Have a great day. Go grab a sandwich. Thank you. You guys have worked so hard to try and get all this stuff taken care of.